The Sarcastic Void Podcast presents Orson Welles and the Sarcastic Void's unpaid voice acting players in episode 183, Curse of the Composite Fish Mummy. And now, ladies and gentlemen, Orson Welles. We now know that in the early years of the 20th century, I produced a radio drama that provoked tremendous hysteria in the general public and was generally regarded as a high-water mark in the annals of auditory entertainment. And so, in an apparent attempt to relive those glory years of a forgotten medium, not to mention beat the literally dead horse that is me, Orson Welles, here I am to host this Halloween presentation of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast. It's almost time to start the show, but first, a word from our fine sponsors, Winchester Tires. Eins, Nummer one, the acorn weevil. Zwei, Nummer two, a lungless whip-worn moth. Drei, Nummer three, American bumblebee. Vier, Nummer four, American carrion beetle. Number five, American cockroach. Six, number six, American dog tick. Three deep, let's save our three beetles from now till Thanksgiving. That's how far it's it's in Winchester Tires. Winchester Tires! This is the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. Featuring the Sarcastic Voyage unpaid voice acting players. Now, here are your hosts, Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. So mummies are like, they're like the only monsters that are like corpses. Like... (laughs) Like I mean, yeah, vampires are corpses and zombies are corpses, but but mummies are buried and dead and gone and forgotten about for a long time, and then and then they come back. It's the thing. It's it's not just that. Like you know, I mean, zombies are corpses. Mummies are famous corpses. Yeah. You know, like you're getting attacked by fucking Tutankhamun. I think I'm pronouncing that right. That you dude, were completely not. That dude had a museum exhibit for Christ's sake. Like, I think that's where the initial idea came from. It's like. It's like if the body of a, of like, if the Queen of England died. So, like, if Queen Victoria came back as a monster. Yes, and tried to kill you. I That has to be a horror movie. So, you're be, it's like you're being attacked, but you're also like, well, pretty famous, actually. That, that's That's gotta be, like, there has to be one where Queen Victoria is chasing some people around who are dressed immodestly. Yep. And, and we are not amused. That sounds like a lot of horror movies I watched back in the 90s, actually. It sounds that's some straight yeah. to VHS shit right there. Yep, I I if that doesn't exist, I think it will now. Yep, not not because people will rip us off, just because we've now added to the, sort of the zeitgeist mm. somehow. No, the the thing that that fascinates me and always has fascinated me about about mummies, the most hated genre of monsters, is it? Well, it's pretty low on the tier. Okay, well, we'll come back to that. You know, I you're not, we're there. not talking about the high-end Dracula Frankenstein stuff here. Wait, 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 wait let's you continue with your uh, with your particular thread here, but I want to come back to that. Well, it's just, my thinking has always been like, like, it's such a weird genre because 
like it's mummies, you know? Yeah. It's like you're being attacked by, like, archaeology. Okay, but really, what's the difference? Isn't the difference between a zombie and a mummy just celebrity status? It basically, yeah. No, I thought I, I figured this out a few years ago where it's like, well, what's the difference between a mummy and a zombie? Well, bandages, really. Yeah, and celebrity status. Yeah, and it. Uh, I was important. You're you're either famous or you knew a fame like you were friends with someone who was famous who then decided to take you with him. Right. Or you were a cat. There was a lot of that in ancient Egypt. What is there a lot of that in mummy movies though? Not a whole. There's very few mummified cats that I can remember in uh, in mummy movies. Admittedly, I have. Admittedly, I haven't seen many many mummy movies. <laughs> Because that could be a scary, like, actually, that could be a fun sort of twist on the usual trope of, ah, it's a monster. Oh, it's just a cat. But then you could do a triple take where it's, it's like, like, ah, ah it's a mummy cat. Bandages. Right. Ah, it's a cat that's been dead for 2,000 years. Is there a lot to, be, to fear from a cat that's been dead for 2,000 years? I guess it could uh, claw you, but, I mean, regular I don't cats know. Why do is, that. Why is a dude that's been dead for 2,000 years scary, then? Well, I mean, I always figured the thing was it was the curse of the mummy's tomb, right? Like, the mummy didn't want you, in, like, breaking into his tomb to steal all his gold and shit, so he came to life and beat the shit out of you. Is that all he does, though? He doesn't have magic powers apart from the part that reanimates him. Not that I can remember. He I just can... lumbers after you with his arms outstretched. Yeah, basically, and he beats the shit out of you. They're, so as long as you strong. can... But they're very slow. Yes. So as long as you can stay out of his reach, which is easy, yeah, then he is no threat to you whatsoever. That's the thing, too. Like, at least a zombie will eat you. A mummy does, mummy has no interest in eating you. No, and... Because he'll just kill you and then go back to bed. And pyramids are huge. Oh, yeah. So you could always stay on the far side of the pyramid from him, stealing gold while he's still lumbering after yeah, you. Yeah, basically... And run in a giant arc so that you're getting more gold and he's still far away from you. Like, I just picture him chasing you around the, like, the the square of the pyramid. Right, that's what I'm saying. And as long as you're on the far wall from him. Yeah, just scraping gold into a giant into a giant sack with a dollar sign on the side. Of course, no, whatever the e ancient Egyptian, like, uh, hieroglyphic is for dollar sign. I guess like a sphinx. Yeah. Sphinx! <laughs> No, it would be it would be a snake with a uh, with a couple of lines through it, like a Scrooge McDuck logo. <laughs> Sugar Crunch Cereal presents the Radio Adventures of Matt and Algar, starring Matt Robotham and Ron Algar Watt as themselves. Our story so far: Matt, Algar, and Dottie, along with their commander Carla. Commander Slap's strong arm of the Orbit Cops and his cadet Gary have all discovered a plot by the evil Archduke Pachinko to invade the Earth. Outracing the massive invasion fleet of flying saucers by mere minutes, they take an urgent meeting with the President. And now, today's episode, Operation Counter-Strike. Alright boys, let's just keep it to one verse today. We have urgent business. Now, I read a report while I walked over here from my bedroom. I like your bunny slippers, Mr. President. And your nightcap. Very regal, sir. Well, thank you, but we don't hold with regal here in America, which is where I'm president of. I always figured he'd sound different. Like how? I don't know, for some reason I thought he'd sound like me. Now first of all, I want to make special mention of these two cadets here for risking their lives on behalf of the solar system. Thanks to your diligent efforts, we now have the location of one of Archduke Pachinko's key agents. It's all American boys and girls like you that give me hope for the younger generation. With all due 
due respect, Mr. President, I'm actually Canadian. Canadian? Wait, you are? I sure am. Before we got pulled forward in time from the 1930s, I worked with Mr. Matt and Mr. Al at the Ministry of the Unconventional for Canada and the U.S. That was not the best acronym. B-O-T-T-O-M isn't much better. But I'm Canadian too. You are? You are. I was born in Winnipeg. That's in Manitoba. That's a province. They're like your states, only bigger. Sometimes you have to dumb it down for them, right? <laughs> Silence! Uh, uh, that's not the best sign. Sorry, I did just wake up after all. I can be a little cranky when I haven't had my full 16. So, are any of you here even American? Or should we just move this meeting to the Parliament building in the... Uh... Ottawa, sir! I'm gonna go ahead and take your word on that. I'm American, sir. Red-blooded as they come. I'm also American, sir, but not quite as confident about my blood color. I assume it's red, but I try my best not to bleed whenever possible. Okay, good. So there is an American stake in this. Well, I mean, it's the entire planet being invaded, sir. Last I checked, America was part of Earth. The most important part. Right, so that's two Americans and one, two, three Canadians. What about you, miss? B-O-T-T-O-M, Chief Carla, Mr. President. And where are you from? I'm not sure how that's at all relevant to the task at hand, sir. But if you must know, I'm Quebecois. Another Canadian? Actually, sir, the Republic of Quebec became its own sovereign nation in the late 1990s. In any event, Mr. President, that invasion fleet is fast approaching, and it might behoove us to... table these discussions of national origin and focus on the problem at hand. Well, the way I see it, the fate of the Earth is in the hands of... Bunch of oh, here it comes. I bet he mentions maple syrup. And beavers. Non-Americans. I'm not even sure why I got a bed for this. Barely has anything to do with me. Except, Mr. President, that the invading forces will probably not discriminate between nations in their reign of terror. Clearly these other countries have it handled, Commander. Use my office if you want. Hell, use my army. But if I can't take full credit for this defensive effort, I might as well just go practice my short game. Wow. On behalf of the entire United States of America, please let me apologize for that. Uh, the man is under tremendous pressure, and, uh... I forgot my nightcap. No, you threw it on the ground and stomped on it when you were throwing your little temper tantrum. There. Goodbye. Right. As I may have mentioned before, we really don't have time for this. Here's the plan. Cadets Dottie and Gary, I want you to go to the Soviet Union to coordinate with the Interstellar Agency there. Get as many red rockets in the air defending against those saucers. Yes, ma'am. Matt, Algar, you were in Dr. Malengo's lab, so presumably you have copies of his invasion plans and schematics for those teleporter devices you told me about. Well... Yeah, the thing is... Uh... You two were in the belly of the beast, and you didn't recover so much as a scrap of paper that could help us? Well, what with all the events and so with on... With the lemurs and the... Squirrels. And Malengo's horrible wife. Right, and her. We didn't so much recover any information as we did, uh... Escape. Quickly. Right. <sighs> All right. Well, having been there before, you two are going to re-infiltrate Dr. Malengo's lab and get me the information you should have gotten in the first place. Yes, yes ma'am. Ma now, those saucers appear to be piloted by robots, 
so there's probably a mothership controlling them all. Someone is going to have to infiltrate that ship and disable the saucers. I'll take care of that myself. And what should I do? You're going to help me. Oh. Is everyone clear on what they're supposed to be doing? Good. Ladies, gentlemen, I don't need to tell you that the fate of the entire planet, and indeed the entire solar system, rests on us. But I have every confidence that we can pull this off. Each team, keep in regular touch with the others, and be careful out there. Right. 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 I wish the president were still here. Left my reading glasses in here. Tune in again for our next exciting installment. Return to the Lair of the Beast. Only on the Sarcastic Voyage Podcast. And now, from Grover's Couch, Orson Welles. Hey, Orson, baby! Lovable furry Grover here. I know who you are. I've been sleeping on your couch for a month. Actually, that is what I wanted to talk to you about. I am, as you know, only a humble waiter. I do not make a lot of money. It um, would be nice if you could get a job. As it happens, that very thing is currently underway. I'm narrating some horrible podcast and... Oh, hello again. Our next feature combines two pop culture entities in an entirely unexpected way. We hope you enjoy it. There, you see. A few more of those and I'll be able to fund my documentary about Shakespeare's career as a magician. And that will help me raise the money to make my metamorphosis adaptation in which a cockroach wakes up to discover that he's become Gregor Samsa. Mm, could you not just give me the money you get from this job? He was just an everyday vampire on his way to a Christmas party. Come out to the coast, we'll get together, have a few blades. But his plans were interrupted by terrorists. I'm just a garlic clove in the ointment hands, the finger in the shape of a cross, the stake in the heart. Hans Gruber's Dracula. Yippee-ki-yay, bloodsucker! What even is this thing? It looks like the lamest board game ever. It's an Uja board. You use it to, like, contact the spirits or whatever. Spirits? An alchemist made by Milton Bradley. Look, man, I don't know. It's Halloween night, and we're too old to go trick-or-treating. We're not cool enough to get invited to any parties, and my dad locked all the eggs in his safe before he went out. Well, that's actually a pretty wise move. Well, it would be if he did it just to prevent us from vandalizing stuff. But he thinks eggs are valuable. Huh. So there, it's set up. Now, we each take one end of this little plastic triangle and... and... Yeah, yeah, okay. I've seen this in movies. I know how it works, but you gotta quit moving the thing yourself. Dude, I'm honestly not. It's moving on... Whoa! It just flew out of our hands. You must be doing that with magnets or something. I promise I'm not. Look, it's moving to the numbers. One, one two... Three, four, four five, five, six. 
Oh, hey there. Eric, that's a ghost. In your house. Yes, Dylan, I see that. Oh, spirit, who are you that we have summoned? What? I don't know, I thought you were supposed to talk like that to ghosts. Oh, it's just me, old mustache Charlie. Hey, I recognize this guy. Didn't you own that restaurant where 14 people spontaneously combusted one day? There's no such thing as spontaneous combustion. There's no such thing as ghosts either. Hmm, spontaneous combustion? I don't think that ever actually happened at one of my places. We had our share of deadly fires, of course. Of course. I mean, what good restaurant doesn't? Obviously. But uh, anyways, I think that might have been one of them urban legends. Wasn't this also the same restaurant where a bunch of pies were full of spiders? Oh yeah, that did happen. But it only happened four times. I'm pretty sure something needs to happen at least six times for it to be a pattern. So, uh, ghost? Call me Mustache. Mustache? Why are you here? Do you have some unfinished business on Earth? Uh, I don't think so. No, i just been hanging out in the hereafter for the past... Well, Jiminy, I really lost track of time, what with one thing and another. What's the date? Uh, October 31st. 2014? Ah, jeez. I guess it's been about a year and a half. Time sure flies when you're having fun. So, uh, what's the afterlife? Oh, you know, the usual, unfathomably deep lakes of fire, the deafening screams of the damned, everlasting pain and torture. So you went to hell. Wow, that's rough. What'd you do to deserve that? Oh, gosh, fellas, I never really gave it much thought, but now that you've mentioned it, I suppose I might be in hell. I just sort of figured I was in limbo or purgatory or whatnot. I'm pretty sure you're in hell, dude. Yeah, what you're describing sounds very much like hell. Well, that's a real head-scratcher. Especially considering I was a Buddhist. Alright, break's over! Well, boys, that's my cue. You take care of yourselves and maybe we'll see you again real soon. Be right there, my dark master! To the loom! Well, that was... Bleak. Must ask Charlie, one, two, three. Must ask Charlie, four, five, six. Well, back to it. Man, that's some toasty lava. If we spend the night here, we'll inherit my uncle. Is your uncle wind? Everyone knows it's windy. There goes a narwhal. I think that was a poltergeist. I ain't afraid of no goats. Get off the roof! It's on fire. Don't get no water, let the mama jamma bird. The jamma bird gets the worm. That makes me hungry for dirt. Everything makes you hungry for dirt. What about silt? I'm selling grit. I'm selling these fine leather jackets. Look behind you, a three-headed monkey. That's a one-headed you. They call me the one-headed wonder. That's why we went over yonder. I've been hither, but I've never been yon. It's mostly made of wool. 
Like a mammoth? No thanks, I just ate some dirt. It's more like David Mamet. Always be closing. Third place is you're fired. I'm Glenn Gary Larson. Look at my anthropomorphic cows. And I'm Glenn Ross Perot. Look at my giant sucking sound. I can't see a sound unless I drop some acid. There. Now I'm tripping balls. Watch your step. And mind the gap, this one's a doozy. The doozers built my house. Weasels ripped my flesh. Riz. There's a bat in this chimbley. There's a bee in my belfry. There's a belfry in my bonnet. There's a house in my courtyard. We'll leave a light on for you. Tell me more about your willows, Mr. Tote. This ride is not as wild as advertised. Please return unused portion for a full reefer. You're talking madness. Chicken madness. Chicken madness is on my bucket list. Then fix it there, Liza. I can't. It's in the sea. It's a chicken of the sea? No, it's a chicken odyssey. Or a turkey Iliad. I always confuse those. What's confusing about us? Right now, for a limited time at McBurgity's, you can bob for apples. That's right. From now until the end of October, come into any participating McBurgity's restaurant and dunk your head into our communal tub filled with water and delicious apples. And if you can snag an apple with your teeth, you get to keep it. But these are no ordinary apples. Each one contains one of our special urban legends of Halloween prizes, including a toy razor blade and candy pills. Water may contain vector. Parental waiver required for participation. Apples may not contain MSG. Who thought this was a good idea? Up next is an excerpt from my interview with Seattle-based sketch comedy troupe Now With Dames. The full hour-long interview will be featured on episode 13 of my More Bits podcast, which posts on November 7th. So I was told that I would be speaking with Now With Dames, but apparently it's only Now With Dame because the other one is off, what, doing some child thing or taking yeah. care, being a, a good mother? Is that, the, is that the cover story we're going with here? This sounds like <laughs> the invention of the word mother. Of like, oh, what, what does this mean? Oh, what what do you is call it? that? Some child thing child I emerged from. Trying to protect and care for another human. Nurture something. Technically, no. there might yeah. only be one dame here, but that's only because I'm pre-op. Ah, so. Okay. Soon. Hmm. You might you might look into the getting losing the beard. I mean, just a just a thought. I'm not gonna you know I don't want to yeah. I don't want to step on anything. But that I mean, Abbott's yeah. his girlfriend's a nice person. It's true. She's very open. Nice. She likes the beard. She is the beard. I yeah, think that's is what Kenny what was, I was implying. <laughs> so I have to ask because it's just one of those mandatory things, and it probably won't even make it into the show. But please explain the name of your troupe. So originally, uh, Jimmy and I were in a sketch comedy group up in Bellingham called Backflip Wilson, which was uh, five dudes, mm-hmm. um, as sketch comedy tends to be. Sure. <laughs> five straight white males. It's wholly original. We are entirely what's wrong with the establishment. We are. Right here on stage for your, uh, for your amusement. So uh, Jimmy and I, we moved down to Seattle and both had done stand-up, but we're looking to get back into sketch. So in talking about it... Um, we thought ideally so we didn't have to necessarily play all the female roles because all it was was like, it's the guys in drag, ha, ha, ha. And that became the joke. And we right. were wild about that. Um, so we were um, looking for female performers. And at the time, um, 
we ended up uh, working with Yola Lou, who was a stand-up comic we knew, and then she introduced us to Corey Bailey. So that was like the original version. And we were looking for names, and I know at one point I had pitched Now With Girls, just as like, it's back with Wilson, except Now With Girls. Um, I think you are misremembering that. Are you seriously? Because yeah, I I actually are you said seriously? Now, isn't I am seriously? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm so seriously. <laughs> I uh, I I said now with girls. I, I will take credit for this. I we were at you are incorrect, here's, sir. No, here's, here's all right. Let's hear the false version. We <laughs> here's the real way it happened. Uh, so we were at Yola's house for a writing thing. We were trying to come up with a name, and you said uh, this is just like backflip Wilson because uh, we were talking about the similarities between uh, Corey and Yola to different members of Backflip Wilson. And so you said, this is just like Backflip Wilson. And I said, yeah, but now with girls. Oh, that sounds right. But then I see, I see where my confusion comes in because um, Corey was not wild about the word girls. Yes. Um, just for an age connotation. Sure. And uh, in Backflip Wilson, I had written a sketch called Dames that um, we still do from time to time in this group. And so in just trying to find an alternate version of it, I, I had thrown out the word dames, unless Jimmy says that he threw out the word dames. <laughs> I didn't. No, that was you. Okay, so this is the, okay. Now the unreliable narrator is reliable for a moment. Yeah. We were called now with girls for like a couple days until Corey was honest about the fact that she didn't like the, the connotation of the word girls. And then dames just stuck, and it's like an easy, it's kind of like when like the kids in the hall, it's like one of the kids, like sure. it's like one of the dames. Or... Yeah, and I was I was wondering if I should call you guys the dames, or if like are, you yes. two dudes would not like that. Or... No, that's totally good. No, fair enough. <laughs> so Christy, I, I imagine you remember it completely differently. You came up with the name, right? And you started the group. <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I moved to Seattle about a year ago, and um, I was just walking down the street, and I saw these guys, and they were talking to some crows and throwing their keys at them. Mm. I said, hey, you guys are pretty funny, so uh, why don't we group up? And I think that a good name for this would be maybe Now with Dames, <laughs> since uh, I'm a dame. and uh, Now you have me, right. Now you have me. So then we started walking toward um, a studio to practice, and uh, Corey was walking down the street collecting uh, tin cans to turn in for recycling and get money for them. And we'd said, hey, you look funny. Join our group. <laughs> and that's when it all started. That that seems the most likely to me of, yeah. of the three stories. Yeah. That uh-huh. seems more I'm likely. I'm suddenly remembering. Yeah. yeah. Now, I, I got to say, I've seen you guys a few, live a few times. I, I enjoy your, your stuff quite a bit. I, I Quite a few sketches. It's like, damn, I wish I'd thought of that. But really, you were doing the old tired throwing keys at crows thing? I mean, that is so hack. I can't, I, I expect more of you guys. It's kind of like doing a classic routine. To us, mm. we're honoring the past, uh, things that have worked, like, um, you know, uh, who's on first. Sure. Throwing keys at crows seem to be that for us. For Kenny and I. Sure. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. That, that's fair. I do get sort of an Abbott Costello vibe from you guys, so that, that makes sense. Mm. I'll let you sort out who's who. Okay. <laughs> So usually, I've only talked to a few people locally so far, and usually the story is, oh, we're very young, and we met in college 10 weeks ago. I I assume that's the same story with you guys, that you grew up in the late 2010s, and yeah. (laughs) You are all about seven years old. And Sorry, I'm about to turn 40, and I'm a little bitter. Don't mind me. Please tell me how you met. You you look way younger. I'm sure the sweat pouring off really, uh, really helps with that your eyes mm. limpid pools of blue i just don't want to live in them forever my eyes are green jimmy oh oh I'm, 
I have trouble with colors, though. So. Oh, that's right. <laughs> I'm sorry. I didn't mean to offend you. I'm sorry. I don't know how you turn that around on me. <laughs> um, Corey's not here, so she's not in the sketch, and mm-hmm. we're all the poorer for it. But she did help write it. Uh, so now we're the richer yeah, for it. Chris, Christy, Corey, and I wrote it, and I'm very grateful that Corey was cooperative in writing it, uh, even though she knew she wasn't going to be a part mm-hmm. of it. <laughs> And I would have helped write it had I not been brutally sick that day and no couldn't even get to the to sky. Like a winner. <laughs> How <laughs> dare you? Kenny I, I, was involved in, in Corey, the yeah. ideation of it, though. That's Don't important. give him that credit. Corey Aww. pushed a human being out of her body. And she still managed to be there and help. He's got and you he's there, got Kenny. Point. Yeah. I, I can't come back. I, I will say, Christy sent me an advanced copy of it, and I, it was it was great. But then I was like shit this is a halloween thing we should probably do a halloween episode so i had to throw away all the sketches i had written to that point for this episode and start from scratch like okay we're writing seven halloween sketches now so thank you for that i don't feel I, bad I, yeah i know that's why i say <laughs> it like that because i know you don't right there <laughs> <laughs> that's our name <laughs> okay i am excited for our first halloween together yeah, yeah. wait where's Corey? she's taking her little turd baby trick-or-treating her little what? That's what she dressed her baby as for Halloween. Here comes our first trick-or-treater. Let me show you guys how it's done. Trick-or-treat! Oh, how cute. A little pirate and a little fairy princess. Here you go, kids. They're strawberry flavored. Be safe. Don't eat them. Did you just give those kids condoms? What? They taste really good. They do. All right. This next one's mine. I'm going to show you how to... Uh, it's done. You sure you got it? Shut up. I was born to answer doors and delight small children. Okay. Trick or treat! Oh, what have we got here? A tiny hobo and a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. I'll just take these. Oh, butterfly, my favorite. You stole those children's candy. I should have thought of that. Those are king-size bars. My turn. Move aside, fools. I make Halloween fun. Trick or treat! Oh, look, it's a little Elsa from Frozen. And another Elsa from Frozen. I'm going to help you kids put the trick in trick or treat. See what you do is. Now run along, you little scamps. Did you just give each of those kids a dozen eggs? Did you not realize what was going to happen? Surprisingly enough, I did not. I brought refreshments. You guys want some homemade apple cider? Yeah. Ah, <laughs> oh, gross. What have you done? Ugh, what's in this? Apple cider vinegar. That's not the same thing. Well, it's just like apple cider, but Corey told me it's better for you. Something about probiotics? That's me. Trick or treat! Hey kids, aren't you cute dressed up as the cast of Wings? Isn't that reference a little dated? I've got something that will go right along with your airline theme. Enjoy! You can't give kids mini alcohol bottles. But they're like the tiny ones they give out on planes. They fit perfect in their child-sized hands. It's still very illegal. But very, very cool. What a cute little baby. What are you going to do with candy? You don't even have teeth. May I hold her? You just stole a baby. And her candy. Good thinking. Now you can go trick-or-treating too. 
Trick or treat! Aw, oh, how clever. A vampire with low self-esteem and a germaphobic mummy. I'm gonna teach you kids a classic trick. Here you go, and here you go. Did you just give those kids paper bags and matches? Yes, but it's okay. I didn't give them any poop. You guys smell something burning? I gave them some poop. Again, did you really not see that coming? Surprisingly, I did not. Speaking of poop, why is this baby dressed as a turd? And in the third quarter, no cigars in Wait, what are we doing? Oh, this blasted podcast still. Ugh, I need a better agent. Or an agent at all. I wonder if that Muppet owes anyone. In any event, here's another delightful mashem up of two things you've seen before. Mashem up. What? What is a mashem up? Anyway, can someone tell me that, please? Come on! Come on! Don't start! Dancing start! Getting closer! Drive! I'm trying! This summer, MGM Cartoons joins forces with Stephen King to bring you a delightful tale of terror. He's smashing through the window! You know what? I'm angry. Out of my way, web-slinger! My quarrel's not with you for a change. This pumpkin bomb has that fishmonger's name on it. Ah! You know, the Fantastic Four are off fighting Doctor Doom in the Negative Zone. The X-Men are trying to prevent Namor's advancing Atlantean armies from attacking Manhattan. And as for your friendly neighborhood Spider-Man... I'm protecting a guy who sells fish from a guy in a goblin costume. That's actually a knockoff of the other guy in a goblin costume that I usually fight. I'm starting to think that maybe Uncle Ben may have overstated that whole great responsibility thing. Think fast, Spider-Man! What? Pumpkin Bob out of freaking nowhere! Throwing me off balance! I'm going to... Uh, I'm all disoriented. It looks like I fell to some kind of residential neighborhood. At least this bomb hasn't gone off yet. Cap! Iron Man! Oh, thank goodness! The Hobgoblin is... Wait, you're not Iron Man and Captain America? You're little kids in costumes. Are you supposed to be Spider-Man? I am Spider-Man. That costume stinks. Well, I was just fighting over by the fish market, so yes, I am currently exhibiting certain funky properties. No, he means it's terrible. You don't look anything like Spider-Man. What? Yes, I do. No, you don't. Yes, I... What do I possibly have to gain with this argument? Uh, some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Wait, what are we doing? Trick or treat! Um. Oh, it's a little Iron Man. Oh, 
How adorable. Here's some candy for you. Thank you. And a Captain America. Do, 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 do. <laughs> the wings on the side of the head are a great touch. Here's your candy. Thank you. And let's see what you are. Uh, oh, that's a nice try the Deadpool costume, I guess. Deadpool? Here, have some candy. Don't put candy in that. It's a bomb. But Come on. Let's go. I... Come on! Fine. Ooh, full-size Snickers. Trick or treat! Trick or I guess. Oh, aren't you cute? You're the Justice League! Well, actually, I think you'll find we're the Avengers. You're not in the Avengers. That's right. Spider-Man isn't in the Avengers. Why aren't you in the Avengers, Spider-Man? Yeah! Sony won't let me. Well, I don't know what that means, but... Here's some candy. That really isn't a very good costume, though. I got a Snickers! I got a Baby Root! I got a rock! Come on, we're almost to the end of the block. Wait, this house looks familiar. Oh, God, it's Aunt May! But she's supposed to be at her friend Anna Watson's house. Which I just realized this is. Oh, my word. Look at these adorable costumes. Here's a sweetie for you, dear. Thank you! And one for you. Thank you! And, uh, oh, you're that horrible Spider-Man. The Daily Bugle says you're a menace. I, yes, yes, ma'am. You get off my friend's porch right this instant. Sorry, ma'am. You other children enjoy the rest of your night. Happy Halloween! You know what? I've had it with this whole racket. I smell like trout. Nobody takes me seriously. My own mother figure thinks I'm a jerk. Where are you going? I'm quitting. You hear me, world? You don't have Spider-Man to kick around anymore. Wow. He's kind of a weak. Let's take his candy! Stupid kids. Stupid Sony. Stupid house that gave me a toothbrush. Spider-Man! Long time no see. Oh, hey, Satan. You feel like sacrificing some crucial elements of your life for a marginal chance of further happiness? Uh, yeah, sure, why not? Hey, everybody! It's your lovable furry pal, Grover! Uh, so, Orson walked out earlier. He seemed very grumpy. But I told him that I, your lovable furry pal, Grover, would be happy to take over hosting this little podcast thing. It, um, seems like fun. No, uh, let's see. Oh, dear. It would seem that there is a monster at the end of this podcast. So please, I beg you, do not listen past the credits. Monsters are scary. But now, here's something we hope you will really like. Oh, a uh, Rocky and Bullwinkle reference. Yes, that's very timely. Oh, hey, Judd. Uh, yeah. Hello, Louis. Uh, yeah. Listen, remember when you told me about that scary Native American graveyard where you bury stuff and it comes back to life? Uh, yeah. 
And then remember when my two-year-old son quite tragically got hit by a truck on that inexplicably busy intersection in this otherwise sleepy rural main town? Uh, yeah. And remember when you said that we should definitely not bury him in the creepy graveyard, but you said it in a way that you clearly indicated that you thought we should? Uh, yeah. Well, he's back now, which is great because we really did miss his smiling little face. It's it's just... Uh, uh yeah? Well, you don't think he's going to be possessed by, I don't know, the devil or something, do you? <laughs> I'm coming to play with you, Daddy. Hmm. Who thought that was a good idea? Move on, Willikins. There's sweets to be had, and sweets to be bunged down a loo. So you are aware that here in England, which, lest we forget, is where we live, there's literally a sweet shop on every corner. Yes, but... Additionally, you have an entire room devoted to sweets back at the manor. An edible room that you insisted be constructed to the exact specifications of the gingerbread house from Hansel and Gretel. Hansel? And furthermore, we are, let me remind you yet again, in England, where I should point out the tradition of trick and or treating is, let us say, a non-issue. But look at my costume! Go on, guess what I am? You'll never guess! Sir, I constructed that costume to your precise instructions, which were a large pile of crayon self-portraits that you referred to as... Drawings. I haven't drawn anything in a long time, Willikins. I felt it was time to get back to my roots. That's as may be, sir, but you're dressed as yourself. Not just myself. Sassy Nick. Speaking of which, where's your matching sassy Willikins costume? I'm not detecting sass levels beyond anything you normally register. Sir, I'm not entirely clear what a sassy butler would even entail. You know, bunny ears and, uh, those stockings, like from those parties. You know, with the vicars and, um, the, uh, uh, you know, ladies. I haven't known in quite some time, sir. Never mind your mandatory nick-imposed celibacy and your impending neutralization. My what? Oh, just something Bob Barker mentioned on our last caravanning holiday. Of course. Well, here we are. Shall I ring the bell? What am I, made of fingers? <laughs> Snakes and ladders! Whoa, what's this? Christmas carols already? What? It's not Christmas. No, not Carol. I'm Nick. Dressed as Nick. Obviously. Now, give us some sweets and we'll bog roll your house. And by us, I mean me. And by me, I mean Willikins. I shall stand well back and look menacing. Like a chav. Well, I've got some ribbon candy, but it's all stuck together, isn't it? And I'm not going to give you the whole lump. Oh, can't we have the whole lump? That's some shrewd negotiating, Willikins. That six weeks I sent you to live with Tim Robbins really paid off. Susan Sarandon was remarkably kind to me, sir. Willikins, can she do that? Well, it is her home, sir. She's going on my naughty list and no mistake. Now, egg her house at once. Sir, all I have are these Cadbury eggs. 
Which, incidentally, is all you'll allow me to eat, since you got the idea that I should only eat foods named after butlers. Now, you did drink that entire case of Worcester sauce. I would have dehydrated had I not, as there's no butler named Water. Here, it's another ass. They don't have a doorbell. Does that mean they're poor? Do I have to have my butler knock like some kind of commoner? Perish the thought, sir. Oh, good, we've summoned them. Cooey! Fish and chips! Now give me the sweeties! Right. What's all this then? Some kind of disturbance? Some kind, yes. What with it being arrowarine and all, I'm here for some free confectionaries and the like. And also possibly to vandalise your house. Are you premeditating a crime, sir? Crimes? I don't commit crimes. I'm Wirralfy. Well, your story checks out, sir. Now, how's about a bribe then? Ah, right. Where are my manners? Question I've been asking for three decades now. There you are. That should all be in order. Night, Gov. Wait. How is it we've been Marks and Spencering since our four, we've no sweeties at all, and we're somehow 50p down? I take back what I said about Tim Robbins. This is a fiscal disaster. Well, there's only one more house. In England, as far as you know. Is it number 10 Downing Street? Yes, I'm sure Lady Thatcher will be delighted to see you. Is this the Chinese I ordered? Yeah, it's you two. Knots and crosses! Wait. Willikins, who is this horrible man? I think you'll find it's the narrator, sir. This isn't a front door at all. You've found the fourth wall again. Oh, good. This gag. We haven't done this in, what, two weeks? Uh, wait. Let me say it in Nick. A fortnight! The sound of the Queen's King's English rolling off your colonial American tongue is quite vulgar to the delicate English ears. And the sound of your awful English mouth is quite a pain in my American ass. You mean ass? No. Well... We appear to be at an impasse. I do believe the best way to hasten Master Nick's departure would be to provide him with some kind of rudimentary treat, or, how would you say it, a gold darn heap of candy, partner? Well, that is how I'd say it. Hang on. I'll be right back. Willikins, I don't think he's getting us a treat at all. Do you think he's taking the piss? Sounds more like Night Court to me. Oh, and I think it's one with Mel Torme. Today's episode has been brought to you by, what did we decide on Satan? No, Me- Mephisto's. <laughs> sugar-coated... Uh... Delicious sugar-coated Mephisto's. With tiny marshmallow souls floating in the middle. That's it. But, Turn um... your milk black. <laughs> tiny sugar-frosted uh, pentagrams and marshmallow souls. <laughs> and ninja nets. And ninja net. You you just cannot let the ninja nets go, can it you? It fascinates me. I don't understand. Well, I mean, I understand. You don't have to explain it again. Yeah. I just don't understand. I don't get your love of ninja nets. It's it's one of the it's like it's like my thing with the um uh the one set of footsteps is where I was carrying. Yep. I don't know why. Always funny to me. Everyone's got something, and mine is ninja nets. Yep. Yours is more obscure, I'll say that. That is true. 
So as ever, uh, you want to write to us, it is sarcasticvoyage at gmail. Uh, the website is sarcasticvoyage.com. Uh, we have some mail, but it's not Halloween themed, so we'll save it for next time. Yes. Um, we would like to thank the comedy troupe Now With Dames for their for their appearance and for their sketch. It was delightful. Thanks, guys. I uh, had a lot of fun talking to them. Uh, the full interview will be available on my other podcast, More Bits, probably next week. So look forward to that if you enjoyed hearing from them. Mm-hmm. And I uh, think that's it. So we're going to wish you safe journeys. Safe journeys, folks. This episode of the Sarcastic Voyage podcast starred Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham with Duncan Bosco, Mark Bosco, Dave Fields, Ryan and Jaquita Fleck, Nathan Lajeunesse, Joseph Ravenson, Amanda Smith, Sabrina Snyder, and Jason Wallace. With a special appearance by Christy Brannan, Kenny Davis, and Jimmy Sorrentino. It was written by Ron Algar-Watt with Matt Robotham and Amanda Smith, with special guests now with Dane. It was produced by Algar Productions, copyright 2014. Are you still here? I thought I warned you that there was a monster at the end of this podcast. Go, run away while you still can. Oh no, here comes the monster. I mean, I don't love Halloween, but I guess that went okay. And we didn't use the word spooktacular once. Oh, hey, Grover. What in the world? But of course, it turned out that the real monster was Matt. I mean, man. I mean, a man. Called Matt. It was the Matt. It was the monster Matt. The monster Matt. He had a terrible laugh. 